0: Mindfulness Mode.
1: Some people tap in through being in nature, some people through meditation, um, all different ways to kind of tap into that.
0: Hey, Mindful Tribe, this is going to be a very interesting conversation. I tell you that because I am here with a certified sex Therapist, and she helps motivated clients to discover their sexual selves and deepen their intimate connections and there's so much we can talk about that's related to mindfulness and sex because without mindfulness sometimes sexual experiences aren't really as good as they could be at least that's my opinion anyway and we're gonna find <laughs> out what Heather thinks so I'm here with Heather Shannon Heather are you in mindfulness mode today
1: I am in mindfulness mode, excited to be here, thank you.
0: (laughs) Tell us, what does mindfulness mean to you, Heather?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's such a commonly used word these days. It is. And for me, it's being present and aware without judgment. That would probably be the shortest definition.
0: <laughs> so in your opinion, how does mindfulness relate to sexual experiences and having the best kind of sexual experiences oh gosh, we can possibly so have? <laughs> Tell us where do, where can yeah. you start with this?
1: <laughs> um, I mean, one of the common issues that I started working with people on when I first, you know, started studying sex therapy um, was erectile dysfunction. Right. And, mindfulness is huge for that, because, you know, we're often in our heads. um, And I would say this applies to um, people with a clitoris as well, who just have like a hard time orgasming. So I would say like kind of regardless of gender or anatomy, Mm -hmm. um, that it can be a struggle for people and they get in their heads, you know, and so then we get much more, you know, like worrying about oh how do I look or how do I smell or Does, you know, should I tell my partner what I'm really into or is that weird? Um, and so there can kind of be all these thoughts that our brain is offering to us and we can choose to kind of go down that rabbit hole, which tends to not lead us in a very pleasurable direction. Um, or I think we can tune into our senses. So, I mean, I think senses, any of the senses are a great way to bring us into the present moment and also bring us more into our body. And less into, you know, analysis paralysis, if you will.
0: That's very yeah. interesting. Yeah. We yeah. do get caught up with so many thoughts, ideas, so many stories about how we think things should be. And wow, that can really affect our, our life in bed our, our you know, absolutely. Candidates. And
1: I mean, I just appreciate you being open to like, you know, talking about this, having this topic on the show, because I think that I do think it's so important. And Part of why I was drawn to um, specializing in sex therapy as opposed to kind of, you know, anxiety or just general relationships, which is what I was focusing on before, is that I think it's an area where there's just not a lot of consciousness yet. And I think that it exists largely in the dark, but there's a mixed message, right? Because I feel like, you know, we use sex to sell things and we use sexy pictures and sexy videos and Um, sexy themes and so it's like okay but then also there's still you know like purity culture and you know slut shaming and, and things like that where it's kind of like A mixed message. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm
0: really curious about something. You know, we have different kinds of medications now, drugs. We have Viagra. We have all these things. Mm -hmm. Do you think that has actually been a help or a hindrance to people who just really want to have great sex?
1: Yeah. I'm going to say it depends. I rarely say always or never. But I would say that it's probably a hindrance in some ways overall on average. That doesn't mean there's not like specific use cases in which it really makes sense. Um, But I think it allows us to circumvent kind of being present in our bodies. Um, Right. It's kind of like, instead of really going inward and tuning in and being curious, because I think curiosity is such a huge part of, of mindful awareness as well. So instead of kind of really tuning into your body and being curious and noticing what thoughts are present, it's kind of like, "Ah, this is so uncomfortable, must end it. Give me the pill.
0: (laughs) Well, exactly. And we think about that for a lot of things, you know, you get a sore throat or you get a headache or the first thing a lot of us think of is, hey, where's their pill? I need a pill. I need a pill. Right. Right? I mean, we live in that in that world now where but although I think we're moving away from it a little bit, at least in my country. I don't know whether that's the case everywhere, but do you think Mm -hmm. we're moving away from that idea a bit?
1: Yes and no. Um, I think there's a group of people who are getting really curious about holistic wellness and, you know, biohacking and less traditional paths to feeling healthy and, and I think there's a huge mindfulness community and where people are just kind of questioning things and noticing. And I think it's a little bit about relying on your own direct experience rather than thinking everyone else is the expert. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I say that as like, quote unquote, expert in the field of sexuality. Mm-hmm. It's like, sure. Like, I kind of feel like take what you like and leave the rest from what I say. And really, it's more important that you listen to your own body and what intuitively feels right for you than anything I say. So I think there, I think people are starting to question authority in a healthy way. Um, and yeah. And trust their own experience. But I still think that's a pretty small minority to be fully honest.
0: I think it's really fascinating how people are, at least they seem to be talking more openly about some of these issues these days and, and their mm-hmm. thoughts and their ideas and man. Yeah. I think I think specifically men and I notice on TikTok there every once in a while I see a video and men are talking about oh circumcision versus mm. non-circumcision and what's yeah. this about and what's this? Yeah. Is this not just mutilation? Is I this know. not just mutilation of the human body and what's this about? And then with the the discussion, because a lot of men jump in and, and discuss it, it's like, oh, I would never want to be uncircumcised. It's just so ugly. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, what are you serious? Like that is the way our body was created. And I'm like, are we really that caught up in how we appear? And the answer is yes. So what are your comments on, on this? (laughs) This is fascinating. I was talking to a rabbi (laughs) one day about this and he became so agitated and upset. And he said, it's just so ugly if it's not taken care of and i'm like
1: wow that is really? fascinating. that's
0: what you think wow
1: I'm, yeah. I'm just
0: amazed
1: i'm amazed too and i think that um that's the exact kind of thing that i think of in terms of consciousness it's like a, an awakening in terms of our bodies and our sexuality um by questioning things like that it's like wait the foreskin is the most sensitive part.
0: Of uh-huh there are, are a, a heck of a lot of nerve endings there i know why are do we, we really things? want to chop that yeah. off
1: Right. And if you, and if you're making an informed choice and you're like, you know what, I do want to go ahead and do it. Yes, Great. That's go different. Ahead. But even the idea of doing it to babies who can't make a choice. So even talking about like consent in that way. Yeah. Um, Cause I do think there's a lot more attention with like female genital mutilation in other countries. Yes. But then I was like, wait a second. Uh-huh. <laughs> condition is so common here. So <laughs> I think that, Yeah. It's, it's important to question that. And again, there's not a right or wrong decision, but it's a social script, you know? And I think that that's what it means to kind of have more consciousness with your sexuality, like society and culture hand us, here's what's normal. Here's what's attractive. Here's what's acceptable. Here's what's sexy. Here's what's a little too much. (laughs) You know, And then we're kind of like, well, do I just want to accept this, this like list of things that society handed me? Or do I want to have my own direct experience and see what feels good and question and tune into what is actually in alignment for myself?
0: Yeah, which brings up the subject of porn. And it seems to me we're in a space where all of a sudden it may be unspoken, it's not discussed Mm -hmm. that much, but porn is a pretty common part of many people's lives. Absolutely. Right. And what are your comments on porn and and intimacy? And does is it a bad thing? Is it a problem? What are your thoughts?
1: Probably have a whole episode
0: on (laughs) absolutely we could, I'm sure. I'm sure we Um, could.
1: So sometimes, you know, I hear comments from married women who feel like, you know, well, I don't want my husband watching porn, so he knows that that's going to ruin our family if he does right, that. Right, right. I'm like, wow, that's a lot of power to give that. And part of part of what I want to um, convey also is that, you know, we these are just thoughts. This is not factual. And sometimes we have these thoughts in our mind and we have them so much or we've heard them so much from society and culture that we don't even question them. We just think like, well, this is just what's true. And so I think to realize like, like, is this evidence you could present in a court of law? Is it that true? The mm-hmm. <laughs> judge would be like, yes, porn always ruins families. No, <laughs> like right. not no research on that. You know, like that's not a thing. But you're allowed to have whatever feelings you have. And if you like the thoughts and they're working for you, then stick with them. But if the thoughts are not working for you, then you've got to question it. So that's that's one thing I hear a lot from, porn, about, from people about porn. Um, I do also uh, have clients or former clients who have felt like they were addicted to porn,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, or masturbation or sex in general. And so I do feel like porn is something um, that can sort of, hijack the brain or rewire some of the neural pathways in a way that isn't working. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of, again, I guide people to like, is it working for you? (laughs) You know, because if you're like, oh yeah, I watch porn every day, but I also have like a great sex life with my partner and it gives us fun ideas and it's kind of enriching. I'm like, awesome. Great. Go for it. You know, if it's kind of like yeah, I masturbate too much because I'm always watching porn. Then I'm like, never really ready to have sex with my partner. And like, I have like unrealistic expectations and, you know, my partner feels like they have to perform a certain way or look a certain way. And it's kind of like ruining our sex life. Then that's not working for you. No, <laughs> you know? no, it's
0: pretty, really the way you're putting it, it's pretty simple. It works it is, or it I doesn't know. work.
1: And there's, the other thing I'll say is um, there's different types of porn. Cause I totally understand the argument. You know, like women aren't treated very well in the porn industry sometimes. And so it's like, I don't want to be a consumer of that. Okay. So there are feminist porn companies. There's audio porn. Um, that's I think, really taking off lately. It's like the podcasting of porn. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. Okay. Interesting.
1: (laughs) Um, So there's an app called Dipsy. There's an app called Quinn. Um, And so I think that that's a nice one for people who want to use their imagination more and don't necessarily want like the whole visual um but that's kind of my thought too is like there's different types you know you don't have to rule out the entire category of sexual stimuli um for different reasons so so that would be kind of my thought for people is you know if, if what's what you're currently doing or what your partner's currently doing isn't working for you explore why explore what your thoughts are question them and consider other types of sexual stimuli, like even just watching like a movie that's kind of got a sexy theme or um, doing the audio erotica or like finding a, an erotic novel or something like that. You know, like there's lots of options.
0: Hey, Mindful Tribe, I'm just going to cut in here for a second for a message from my sponsor. And thanks for listening to my sponsor's message and back to the show. Do you find that a lot of people's sex challenges have to do with power struggles that they're having in their relationship in general.
1: Interesting. I haven't seen a ton of that, to be honest, but I think what I see, and I don't know if you qualify this as a power struggle is, you know, I get a lot of couples who haven't had sex in quite some time and they're trying to reconnect and I don't, yeah, I don't know if it's a power struggle, but it might be a little bit. It's more of like a fear of rejection, a fear of being vulnerable because there's been some past rejection. Um, and so it's a little bit of like, I'm not going to be vulnerable first. You be vulnerable first. <laughs>
0: you know. Right. So it
1: might be a power struggle in that sense, or like, I don't think you're attracted to me. So then I'm not going to stick my neck out there. And the other person's like, well, I don't feel like you're attracted to me either. You know? So it's like, well... someone's got to be a little vulnerable. Actually, both of you do to like really make this work. Um, So I do think that that dynamic comes into play quite a bit. Um, Or it could be, yeah, it could be someone's feeling resentful. Um, I don't know if that was as much of like a power dynamic, but absolutely the relationship dynamics 100% come into the bedroom.
0: Right, yeah. Can you tell us about maybe someone you've worked with obviously without, you know, revealing, Mm. you know, anything that you can't reveal, but can you tell us about someone you've worked with and, and how you were able to transition from a place where they were really experiencing problems to a place where, wow, our sexual life is just amazing.
1: Yeah. Um, Yes. I had a couple that I worked with and they actually made a testimonial video for me. So Uh, I have not put it on the website yet, Um, but I I still won't give too much revealing information. No, of course not. But um, I mean, I'll just say they were living in different countries when Uh we started. Right. Um, And yeah, by the end, they were happily married and they felt like they were, you know, they had reconnected intimately. They were kind of the example for some of their friends who had been struggling um, in relationships. And I, I think they were able to do that. Because they were both willing to look at their side of it. You know, it wasn't like we're having a standoff (laughs) to see, you know, who's winning or who's more right or who was more wounded, you know. It's more like, okay, we both really love each other. We both feel like there is something special here that we, you know, don't want to lose. And can we understand, like, how we hurt each other? Can we... Sincerely apologize. Can we do some work on forgiveness? I think that's a big one.
0: Sure. I'm sure Have, it is.
1: You know, to forgive sometimes and to to let go um and actually do that healing. And and I think that's a common one with couples in general, uh, to kind of hold on to resentments and things can kind of just fester in the background if they're not fully resolved. So right. I think that's an important skill set. Um Because I I do see resentment blocking people from sex a lot. Right. Yeah.
0: But yeah, it's like if you can
1: get to forgiveness, then you can get through it.
0: When you work with a couple, how long does it usually take? How many sessions do you usually need to have?
1: Um, That's pretty hard to say. I I think it takes a while, if we're being fully honest. I mean, this couple that I worked with, it was definitely over a year. It might have been two years. Um, I mean, keep in mind, they were were literally far
0: apart when we
1: started. So there was a lot of stuff that needed to change, but, um, I mean, these are patterns that tend to be pretty entrenched,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: you know? And so there's kind of layers to it. So people are usually going to see some benefits, you know, within the first few months. Um, but then I also think once they are seeing the benefits, they're like, oh, let's keep doing this because it's working. Um, But yeah, I think that people will get better at communication. That one can happen pretty quickly if people are willing to learn about it and to realize, oh, okay, like our emotions are not bad and it's not bad to talk about feeling hurt or to make requests of my partner or to share what I would like instead. Like that's going to actually lead us to feeling more connected. So I think it's that little bit of bravery at the beginning to be a little bit vulnerable and not do the power struggle that gets people to feel safe with each other. I think, I think that's a big part of it at the end of the day. It's like, if you can both be vulnerable, you can build some safety. And I think people can talk about that, you know, and that is something I talk about with couples at the beginning is like, how do we kind of create the safe conditions to have these conversations? So it's like a meta conversation. Um, and then then i think people can be like okay so if i may if i say stuff you're not going to leave me <laughs> you know right, sure. um right and the, like i'm i'm trained in the Gottman couples counseling mm-hmm. and so that's something they talk about too is like in this work that we're doing can we create a container of three or six months or however long where you can agree that like no one's leaving during that time and you're going to keep showing up and doing the work
0: Right. That sounds very important. Your website is heathershannon.co. Is that right?
1: That is right. Yeah. .co. Thank
0: you. And it's Heather, H-E-A-T-H-E-R. Shannon is S-H-A-N-N-O-N. So you can check out the website, heathershannon.co. But what's exciting is that you are going to be launching a podcast. Yay! And the podcast is going to be called Ask a Sex therapist and that's coming up in them in a month or so so probably by the time this is published that is going to be in place and I know that before I hit record we were talking about this and you you said you're going to do a bunch of episodes first just you and then later Mm -hmm. you'll do some interviews I'm really curious what will some of those initial episodes be about what will the topics be
1: yeah this was actually fun coming up with my list of like what do people really need to know Right off the bat. Right. And so I've already started outlining some of the episodes. And one of them is, you know, what turns you on?
0: Sure. Because
1: in having these conversations with your partner, sometimes it's like, well, I'm not wanting to have more sex because my partner's not really like approaching me in the way like I would want them to do it. And then I'm like, okay, well, how do you want them to? And it's like, well, I'm not sure.
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) so i i I get a lot of that and i was kind of like you know even though i'm a sex therapist i think like part of that resonates with me too where it's like have we ever really had to like articulate and verbalize like here's my list of turn-ons almost you know and i don't think you know most of us have in that organized of a way anyways um sure we might be like ooh, this would be hotter that's hotter i love it when you do that but like to really almost like give your partner like here's a roadmap. (laughs) Like if you do these things, this will work. Right. (laughs) Because I think that's what our partner needs to feel confident too. Like, okay, cool. I totally get you now. Um, So that's going to be an episode where I walk people through, how do we kind of have that roadmap for ourselves, And obviously it's like a living thing that can change at any moment. Um, And then how do we communicate that to our partner? Um, I'm going to have an episode on the clitoris. So that's going to be pretty fun. Mm -hmm. Uh, I do feel like the clitoris is somewhat misunderstood. I bet. Yes. You know, the more that I have learned as a sex therapist, the more I realize just how inadequate our sex education is. So I think that there's, you know, a growing group of adults who are realizing that and kind of like, yeah, like I would like to learn things that are, pleasure focus that are positive about sex and not just like you will die and get diseases and get right, pregnant. scientific this is ruin your life. You know, right. um, I made a little YouTube video a few years ago about the health benefits of orgasm. And it was just so fun for me to be like, Oh my God, it's actually healthy for you. Like the, that was never, I was never taught that. Like, this is good for your lymph system. This is good for detoxing. This is good for like aches and pains. Like, what? So it's, it's very exciting. So I think the clitoris is one of those things, though, where it's like it, there's, you know, there's a lot of nerve endings. It takes up more space than people realize. There's erectile tissue in the clitoris. And um, it's pretty cool. You know, people need to find the clitoris, too. <laughs> so. Totally.
0: Well, this is going to be a fascinating podcast. <laughs> Ask a, th- a sex therapist. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. I'm
1: excited to do it. I want to be like you when I grow up, Bruce.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I have been doing a lot of episodes for this show, yes. <laughs> You'll be in the episode eight hundred something, so <laughs> Oh
1: my god. Like that's amazing.
0: Yeah. It's a lot yeah. of episodes for sure. And wow. I've learned so much from people and I'm learning a lot from you. It's fascinating cool. to talk Thank to you, you about this topic. But as we move forward, I want to ask you a question about bullying. And and when it comes to bullying, I'm sure there's something you could talk about that's related to sex. But I find that, that bullying is very often related to mindfulness too. Do you have a story you can share with us about bullying as it may relate to mindfulness?
1: I actually like that what you said about it relating to sex, because this is not about a specific client, but I've seen this um, more than once where one partner is kind of pestering, coercing, manipulating their partner into having sex with them. And yeah, now that you're kind of bringing the mindfulness to it, I actually think that's a huge component because one of the main reasons I got into sex therapy is because I think the way the culture is, there's a lot of shame and stigma around certain aspects of sexuality. And it could be, I actually think male bisexuality is one of those. Um, I think there's a lot of men who have interest in some other men, but you know, are kind of told like, no, you're either gay or straight. There's no women can be bisexual, (laughs) but men no. (laughs) (laughs) that's an interesting one. so I think that, when there's an area of shame or stigma, or when someone's feeling hurt and rejected, and maybe doesn't have the capacity or the training or the skill set to be with that, you know, because I think mindfulness is a lot of that is just being with whatever your experience is, um, they kind of get more emotionally reactive. And I think that's where the, you know, quote unquote, sexual bullying can come in. So I think if people are able to develop the capacity to accept themselves, to not judge their own sexuality, to not take their partner's maybe lack of interest personally and to just see that like that's what's going on in their mind, you know, like in a way that has nothing to do with you Um, and to process any hurt that you have without judging it. I think that's huge. So I feel like when you do that, it really frees you up to have great sexual communication, which is, you know another topic on my early podcast Mm (laughs) episode because it's key. It's like, if you can communicate well about sex, you're going to probably have a pretty good sex life.
0: Well, that's good. Good to know. And good to hear. Mm -hmm. Like it's a, it's a really important piece of information. I think that we all need to hear.
1: Yeah, I think so too. And just for people to know that, Hey, like whatever you are into, however you identify that, like, Maybe that's okay. And if something doesn't feel good or healthy, like that's, you know, a good time to reach out to a sex therapist or someone who can help you, but um there is there's no normal. You know, I kind of feel like none of us are normal and therefore kind of all of us are normal.
0: Right, right. That's <laughs> yeah. interesting too. -hmm. Well, fascinating. As we move forward in the interview, I want to ask you five quick answer questions. So just thirty second answers are perfect. Oh my gosh! The first one is this: Who is one person who has been a powerful mindfulness influence in your life?
1: Ooh, this is such a good question. Eckhart Tolle, and I'm actually going on the retreat in Hawaii in less than a week—a week, well, a week from today. I'm doing a six day retreat in Hawaii. I'm like obsessed with Eckhart Tolle.
0: Wow, that is going to be an unbelievable experience. I'm sure.
1: Yeah, I'm really excited about it. I'll, I'll report back.
0: <laughs> yeah, please do. Yeah. Okay. Okay. My second question is about emotions and how mindfulness has affected how you deal with your emotions.
1: Yeah, I will be really honest. Like this is still a work in progress for me. You mm-hmm. know, I noticed that I'm a lot kinder to myself about certain emotions. And then I also noticed that there's other emotions where I can beat myself up still. And then, and then I'm just noticing <laughs> the judgment that's still there and like, okay, like this is still here. This is something that, you know, I can still work on, but then it's almost like not judging myself for the judgment.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) So it can be a little bit layered there.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, let's Mm -hmm. talk about breathing and how breathing Mm -hmm. has maybe not only affected your uh, life as it, as it pertains to mindfulness, but Mm -hmm. what about breathing as it pertains to people who are having challenges with their sexual relationship.
1: That's a, that's a good one. Um, because I do think breath can help us a lot with sex. Um, oftentimes in bed or not, we can kind of tense up and almost like be holding our breath. And, um, a lot of people tend to do that leading to orgasm. And especially if you're somebody who maybe struggles with orgasm, try deep breathing, try relaxing your muscles a little bit and just see, you know, how the energy flows with that. Um, but yeah, with, with me, I just, I've done all sorts of different breathing. I've done some like holotropic breath work, uh, workshops that I've attended. Uh, I've gone through periods where I do like the Wim Hof YouTube video in the morning. Um, I have done, uh, like a Dr. Andrew Weil has like, uh, the four, seven, eight breathing for relaxation. So i have I just bit with breathing, but I, you know, I notice when I'm stressed, My breathing is more shallow and tense and, but it's a, it's like a clue to me. It's like a signal like, Oh, okay. I can relax a little more. Like good
0: to be aware. I'm looking forward to your podcast. Ask a sex therapist, but what (laughs) about books? Are there any books that you recommend that can help either with mindfulness or with our sex life?
1: Yes. So I'm an internal family systems therapist and I'll hold this up for anyone who's watching on video. So you're the one you've been waiting for by um, Dr. Richard Schwartz. And it's awesome. So it's an internal family systems book, which incorporates mindfulness, by the way. So mindfulness is one of the key components of IFS. And this one is about kind of like, I would almost say like, what are our blind spots? What are our points of emotional reactivity in a relationship? And how can we kind of own that? So when it says you're the one you've been waiting for, it's kind of like, no, stop looking to that other person. (laughs) They're not going to do it for you. They're not going to make you feel a certain way internally. Your thoughts about them will, the way your parts react to them will. Um, but so I find it really empowering for anyone who has like an anxious attachment or avoid attachment style in particular um, and struggles, you know, to feel safe and secure with intimacy. So I, I love it. I think it's amazing.
0: Oh, fantastic. And, you know, that's, that's so true with mindfulness. We have to realize that, hey, everything starts right here. Mm-hmm. Everything starts here. And and you're the one you've been waiting for. That's a great title. And would you repeat yeah. the, the name of the author for us?
1: Yeah, Richard Schwartz. So he's okay. the creator of internal family systems as a method. He's written a bunch of books, but this one's pretty accessible. It's not, you know, written for clinicians. It's accessible mm-hmm. to anyone. I would even say it's accessible if you're not super familiar with IFS. Um, it kind of breaks it down enough and it it mentions just like common relationship patterns and like what parts of you might be triggered. So there might be a part of you that has like abandonment issues or there might be a part of you that's got a really strong inner critic and is always trying to or people pleaser, you know. Um, it also talks about aspects of ourselves that we kind of cut off or exile in relationships commonly. So it's, yeah, just. Fascinating. I feel like this book should be more popular <laughs> compared to some wow. other really popular ones I've read. Well, and like,
0: let's get the word out there. Absolutely. Let's get the word yeah. out. And I look forward to reading it myself because it sounds cool. like a fa- yeah fantastic book. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm I've been really excited to talk to you today, and I feel like you've really given us a lot of food for thought, a lot of bits of expertise that we can really apply. And as we wrap up the episode, I just want to ask you if you have just sort of a, a final thought, some words of advice, some final ideas that we can use to enhance our lives and specifically yeah. maybe our sex life.
1: Yeah. So I'm going to tie it into the internal family system. So one of the concepts in internal family systems is self energy energy. And it very much correlates with mindfulness. It's this kind of spacious, calm, confident, creative, intuitive essence of who we are. And when we can tap into that, you know, some people tap in through being in nature, some people through meditation, um, all different ways to kind of tap into that, then we can handle anything. You know, because that self energy knows it's kind of this being state. It's a knowing it's not very action oriented, but when we can be led by that, as opposed to our parts that might be more reactive, um, it's going to go
0: well. (laughs) Well, thanks for that advice. And thanks for being on Mindfulness Mode. It's been really great having you on the show, Heather. I really appreciate it.
1: I appreciate it, too. Thanks for having me, Bruce.
0: Thanks a lot. Bye now. Bye. Hey, Mindful Tribe, thanks for listening today. I've just returned from San Diego where I was part of a terrific event with Christian Mickelson. Wow, it was just incredibly powerful to see how... So many people were moved and taken to new places. I mean, we worked on letting go. We focused on the peace process. I met wonderful people, some of whom will be featured in upcoming episodes. So look for that. And if you're one of my new friends from this event, welcome to the show and thanks for listening. Mindful Tribe, you already know that I help men and women between 30 and 50 release anxiety, stress, and panic with the power of hypnosis so you can become grounded and focused and able to celebrate life on your own terms you know it's time to take back your power and allow yourself to thrive in this universe do you believe you could totally thrive in a more fulfilling way than is happening right now well i'll help you become that person the person you were meant to be let's jump in a free call and we'll talk about what this means in your life Put the word transition in the subject line and email me at bruce at mindfulnessmode.com. I can't wait to talk to you. So take what we've learned today and reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.